This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. I refuse to give up. I refuse to let the military leadership say that the death of a Canadian child born and raised in Canada is acceptable collateral damage just because you serve. You know, they have these rules and regulations in place, and I, I feel like our loyalty, the whole issue of duty, honour, integrity has been thrown out the window because at the end of the day, it's, it's a one-way street. It's loyalty upward. It's loyalty upward only. Why are Canadian governments so tone-deaf when it comes to our military? Of course, that is the voice of Captain Kimberly Fawcett, who has been, you know, fighting for benefits that she is owed. And, of course, it is only now that the media has shamed the government that they're actually willing to, you know, meet with her. Of course we'd like to meet with her. Oh, we'll talk to her. Yeah, of course. But you've been ignoring her for 12 years, just like they've been ignoring thousands of cases of our wounded vets who are fighting the same kind of fight, you know, and yet we've got a minister in charge who who doesn't just say stupid stuff. I mean, he just cannot get his proverbial crap together on this file as they promised they would to fix it. And I actually think their inaction has made it worse, but their words have made it worse, not just from Minister Seamus O'Regan, who has, you know, proven himself to be a bumbling fool, but maybe it's coming from the top. Because after all, it was our prime minister who said to a vet's face, you ask for too much. Let's bring in someone who has been fighting himself for years for the just rewards of his uh, duty and honor. Sean Bruea uh, joins us now. I hope I'm saying that right. And I will call you your top uh, title. You're a retired captain. How are you? I'm I'm doing well, but I wish I could speak under more positive circumstances, Alex. This is just a, a severe tragedy that Kimberly Fawcett has been living for every day for the past 12 years. It's unacceptable. Yeah, sadly, when we talk to vets in this country, the theme remains the same. Nothing ever really changes, and there's lots of blame to go around. You can blame the last government, you can blame the government before that, but you can also blame this government that promised things would be different. And you yourself, you're no stranger to criticizing both governments. You've been fighting with the feds for a long time on pensions for life for wounded soldiers. Well, absolutely, Alex. And, and you know, I mean, always been fighting for, for other veterans. Uh, and, you know, most of these programs don't apply to me. I've been well taken care of by, by previous uh, regimes of, of pensions. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, you, you put your finger on, on the button when you, you ask the right question. Why are successive governments so tone deaf? And, and you know, I, I can only say this because Canadians, Canadians are so fiercely supportive of you know of of Canada's veterans, they they've been really good. They may not agree with the mission, but Canadians are, are so supportive of those veterans when they come home. And the the big question is is why has that not translated into care and compassion and efficiency and timeliness in helping those veterans when they need help? 
Sure. It doesn't do much for recruiting. I mean, if I were a young person today, I'd be looking at this and saying, well, what's what's in it? Like, what the hell am I going to risk life and and, and limb if this is how I'll be treated upon my return? Um, But the bottom line is, you know, um, the last government couldn't get it right, except for it was changing. And it seemed to change only when an actual veteran came into the play. And that was Aaron O'Toole. And unfortunately, they were voted out, I think, at a time when there was a shift starting to take place. And then, of course, you get the Trudeau government. And has it gotten any better? No, not at all. In fact, I would say that the uh, the disconnect between reality of what veterans suffer and what Canadians care about and what government believes is happening, they work really hard, so therefore they must be doing a good job. I mean, that disconnect now is becoming a gaping canyon. And, and veterans um, who put their faith, I mean, veterans are traditionally conservative voters, uh, and they felt betrayed by, you know, such actions as Julian Fantino before. So they said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to try these liberals, because in the military, um, you know, Trudeau was a bad name from the 70s, and, and that carried through. So when they put their faith in the promises, and, and when, you know, when veterans and military members hear promises from government, they believe them. They have to believe them, because if a Canadian is willing to die for the system and the country, they have to believe what government says and does is worth dying for. So when they're betrayed like this, they tend to beat themselves up. And a perfect example is, you know, Captain Fawcett, who for 12 years believed that the internal mechanisms of the system would work until she realized they don't work. And it's only when a veteran's willing to go public and to overcome their fear of criticizing the very government they're willing to die for that change starts happening. And I'm so proud of these veterans coming forward and these serving members coming forward, but they shouldn't have to. No, they should not. But again, you know, you play Captain Fawcett's story and people hear the absolute agony this woman's been through. It's not enough that she lost her leg. She lost her child. Um, I, I don't know how she gets out of bed every day, but the bottom line is she didn't run to the media. She went back into service. She put that uniform on. She served all these years, even though she was fighting to get 35000 bucks to help, you know, repair the leg that she, you know, had to buy. It makes no sense. Well, exactly, Alex. And, you know, what's absurd about this is that, you know, that question of on-duty, off-duty usually comes into play once a, a veteran is out of their military uniform. And they say, okay, should we give them this lump sum compensation or before it used to be the lifelong disability pension? You know, do, were they on duty when it happened when it doesn't? Or, or were they not? And so when, you know, we read this story of Captain Fawcett, I mean, we're talking about actually medical care. We're not yeah. talking about a pension here. So her medical care should be covered 24 hours a day. It's a medical plan. The fact that they're using these ridiculous rules, um, which we see from the news report, were actually contradicted by a general, you know, General Semyonov, who said that she should be covered. And then other generals contradict that. I mean, the fact, you know, the fact that compassion is not being given as a benefit of doubt in the military really speaks to a system that's lost touch with reality. But for a government that is so focused on gender, um, you know, one of the comments that were made about this, uh, you know, this captain was that she was on mommy duty at the time. She was not on active duty. She was on mommy duty. Okay. Well, that should, you know, be an endorsement for, for the Trudeau government. But again, you know, Seamus O'Regan's flight alone to the Aga Khan a couple of years ago was probably less than what she's, you know, asking for. Um, it just doesn't seem to, it just, something's off. They're not picking up what everyone else is putting down. 
Well, exactly, and you know, and, and you know, Captain Fawcett pointed, you know, to the fact that there is some some severe discrimination that still exists in the military, and you know, there was, you know, ages in the military where you know family members were called dependents, and they were not allowed to speak directly to the system to get help. You know, they always had to go through the male member that was in the military, and unfortunately, that's that that cultural discrimination uh, has not died yet. And in fact, it's alive and kicking and it's treating, you know, Captain Fawcett and other veterans, uh, you know, especially other military members that are female or of ethnic minorities, it's still treating them like crap. Yet they remain loyal. I mean, here's a captain that stayed with the military out of loyalty. Well, exactly. And, you know, people would say, well, it should affect recruitment. And it has, uh, you know, affected recruitment. It's very rare that the, you know, that the recruitment has ever, you know, addresses or, or tries to solicit members to come from big urban centers. Where do they go to for most of the recruitment? They go to rural areas. They go to economically depressed areas. They go to the places where people have less options. Um, and so they're all the more, how can we say, dependent yeah. upon this military system. They have to believe that this is going to work. And it's their way up. It's their way out of their system. And so, you know, the military has long recruited and targeted, and, and social research has shown, shown this, they target the vulnerable areas, but they also target the vulnerable vulnerable people. There was a report that came yep. out, it was only about two years ago, that 70% of those serving in the military suffered childhood abuse, right? So these people are already hurting, hoping to be treated by a system that promises to treat them better, and they're not. Yeah. They're not being treated that way. Well, I'll continue telling the stories, and I, I, I thank you so much for uh, joining us. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, Alex, for covering this. That is uh, Sean Roya, retired captain, served 14 years with the Canadian Air Force, who is joining us. And I will keep on this, and hopefully we'll see some change. At some point before I die, I would like to see some change. Okay? And I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.